first off, my congratulations to everyone on this uh, this panel about racetracks for getting through the year 2020. Uh, I don't think any of you thought that you would be dealing with the things you were dealing with uh, at the beginning of the year. So I'll start with a good morning to you, Connie. Uh, uh, I see beautiful VIR in the background. Oh, you've got your on mute, Connie. Need to need to get your microphone on. Okay, we'll come back to you, Connie, while you get the get get your microphone turned on, and we'll be we'll be back to you. Uh, Chip, uh, life in Daytona. How is it? <laughs> you, you you think about uh, the year we've had here at Daytona, uh, starting with. Uh, uh, a record Rolex 24, exciting finish, and then rolling right into the Daytona 500, hosting the president and the first lady of the United States. Yeah. Uh, really off to a, a fantastic start, and then and, and then March 13th hit, and uh, our world changed. And so uh, I, I've never been more proud to be a part of, uh, of our company or this sport than I am today. You know, the, the things that we've been able to accomplish this year in unprecedented times is certainly something everybody in our company is really proud of. I know uh, Doug's had the, the great fortune of running the Indy 500 and, and running the Brickyard 400, uh, but it's really gotten us all to band together even closer. I talked to Doug a lot even before this year, but uh, really proud to be a part of this industry. Uh, you think about the, the progress we've made in, in professional sports. First sport back with live content, first sport back with fans in the stands. Uh, NASCAR has certainly elevated their their. Uh, their stature in professional sports. And I think you're seeing that in a lot of the, uh, the things that are coming out now. Yes, Chip. Uh, and Chip, Wild, thank you for everything you've done. Uh, it was inspirational to see racing, you know, really return at Daytona for IMSA. And then just to see what you, you've done to, to bring the sport back to life. And when I was standing in the pre-grid at Daytona uh, for the Rolex 24 at the beginning of this year, I just was filled with optimism. I looked at the size of the crowd. It was you had a really excellent crowd there and that just the atmosphere, just the energy there. I thought, what an amazing year this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we were the same, you know, <laughs> you know, you start off with the Rolex 24. It's always a great event and we continue to grow that event year after year. You know, you see new OEMs uh, coming in to see new drivers uh, that are, that are coming to, to the sport. It's, it's an exciting time to be a part of motorsports and, you know, that really sets the tone for the season for, for us, not just for the Speedway, but for the sport. And, you know, we felt like going uh, into and then coming out of the Rolex 24, we were in a great position. Uh, and, and then rolling right into the Daytona 500, you know, sold out crowd for the fifth consecutive year. Um, lots of momentum. You know, at the end of the race, obviously, we had an unfortunate incident uh, with Ryan Newman that, uh, thank God, he uh, was able to walk out of the hospital two days later with his girls uh, by his side. And, you know, it just speaks to a lot of the safety uh, innovation that, that our sport has, uh, has been able to foster over the last decade. Um, so, you know, all in all, we were rolling out of, out of February with a ton of optimism. But, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to play the cards you're dealt, and uh, it really starts with leadership. You know, Jim France uh, is just such a pioneer in motorsports, and Lisa France Kennedy, they're incredible people. And, um, and I think this year has proven that fact over and over and over again. And then, you know, Steve Phelps uh, leading, leading uh, NASCAR has certainly been a, a welcome change and, and has done tremendous things. And I think everybody in motorsports and, in fact, in sports has seen the benefit of, the, of, of us really paving the way. And you think about we're the only sport 
that it didn't have any interruption when they came back from the pandemic, you know, starting yeah. at Darlington and in May and then rolling through uh, the championship uh, out of Phoenix Raceway a couple of weeks ago. And same with EMSA started back in Daytona in, in July on July 4th and didn't have an interruption. They got every event in uh, and, and finished at Sebring. So uh, really proud of, of the of the work that this group uh, on this panel has done and our collective industry that there it's it's really taken everybody pulling the rope in the same direction and we've been able to do that this year yeah you sure have and and uh i'll tell you 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 nailed it when you talked about the, the just i think the pride all racers felt at the fact that you know we have we show up <laughs> no matter what the what happens we manage to find a way forward and uh I, i'll tell you my uh, emotions soared when i i, I saw the races began again and that this was the first sport back. We were the first first to reclaim our ground and uh, our destiny. Uh, but uh, I want to now go to, to Connie. I, I hope you have your microphone on. Oh, we're having still having a problem, Connie. Oh, no. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll get this sorted. We're going to go to Doug Bowles. <laughs> Doug, my friend, how are you? I'm, I'm good, Paul, and I'm, I'm sad we can't hear Connie. Uh, Connie's such a leader in our sport. She uh, is the president of the Road Racing Industry Council that Chip and I are both part of and really has, over the last few years, brought, brought all the racetracks and the racetrack promoters and operators together in a way that we can share information and, and really make the sport better for our fans. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Connie, and she is uh, that beautiful backdrop there. Yes, indeed. And, and, uh, and I am very much looking forward to Connie. I always do look forward to speaking with her and, and, and uh, her energy and her optimism. Is, is <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're, you're back. Okay, let's go back to you, Connie. We, we, I think everybody wants to hear what you say. You had a good buildup. Thank you, Doug. I've got three people helping me here. <laughs> there we go. Yay! <laughs> Team VIR, yay. <laughs> Team VIR for sure. Uh, by the way, it's great to see you, Connie. I miss you. I, it, uh, when we parted company in Daytona, you know, it, uh, I didn't think we'd, we'd have the things happen that did. And, and Lord, no. uh, you know, you have just such a great group there. And I know you all work so hard and you have such a beautiful facility. Tell us about, uh, tell us about your, uh, your life here in, in 2020. Well, it's like everybody, we've had a lot of challenges, but I think we're coming out of it as a much better company. Um, I was really thrilled when the governor finally let us reopen in early May, and the first visitors on site literally came in and got out of their cars and kissed the ground. I felt like I was an Indian. <laughs> I don't blame them. <laughs> so, um, ever since we've been able to reopen, we've been running nearly every day. We've been able to run all of our events as private events. Everyone is pre-registered at the gate with their COVID waiver and their regular waiver. Um, Virginia has been one of the more strict states to uh, operate within, mm -hmm. but I think our brand has really shown through and motorsport, as, as uh, Chip was talking, has uh, just been a winner and everybody's been very, very happy to be here. Well, and then thank you too for just, I know you're relentless and your team is relentless. And uh, uh, every time I see a racetrack win against this, uh, this microscopic enemy, I am thrilled. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm really impressed with how you handled it and how your team handled it this year too. So thank you, Connie. And, and Doug, we've known each other for a while and you're a, you know, I, I, you, you are a former racer. Do you still race? I got a question. 
Anytime I can get in a race car, I, oh, I yeah. take the advantage. Uh, I actually participated this year in the, uh, the uh, Champ Car Endurance Series, Chump Car, as some folks oh. know it, um, mostly because uh, our 18-year-old um, has done several driving schools, Skip Barber, and races go-karts, and we had an opportunity, uh, thanks to the folks at Rams Racing, to run a, run a BMW together for 10 hours on Saturday and Sunday at the Speedway, so we had a, had a great time. So anytime I can get in a, in a car mm -hmm. or uh, steal one of the Chevy Corvettes that we have around here, run some track laps and call my wife, say, I'll be home a little late. I got some work to do. So <laughs> I probably have more miles around the Speedway road course in the Oval than just about anybody. Uh, I bet. Well, I, I personally was thrilled to see Champ Car finally race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, but uh, the... There's more to that, right? There's yeah, a uh, that's, a, that's a joke for people yeah, uh, yeah. probably that were a little older. But uh, anyhow, the... Uh, uh, the you you preside over the largest stadium on the planet. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, you know I think it's it's been fun uh, an opportunity, especially Chip and I get a chance to talk to each other. Fortunately, our races, our big races, are a few months apart, so we sort of learn from each other. And and, and just the the pressure that goes along with first of all, I'm a, I'm so passionate about this place. Anyway, I I grew up loving this place thanks yeah. to my dad. Uh, who introduced me to it and uh, and I've loved it my whole life and you know I've worked here a little over 10 years now and the responsibility that goes along with this place what it means to the state of Indiana what it means to Indianapolis what it means to motorsport globally but more importantly what it means to the 300,000 plus fans that show up here uh, every Memorial Day Sunday for that race it uh, it is it's an amazing facility it's sort of got a life of its own we've got an amazing staff of people who share that same passion that our fans do. We absolutely love this place. I think it's really similar to what Chip and his folks do with Daytona. They have these racetracks um, mean so much more than just the, the one race they have to the folks. It's events that people define their family relationships around. They define their year around going to these, these yeah. races. So there's an awful lot of pressure to deliver, not the race on the track as much as the event and all the things that lead up to the green flag, uh, and, and what, you know, what, what our fans expect when they're here. So it's, a, it's much more than a race. You, you hit it right. It's just about this massive stadium and event that goes around the 500 miles that obviously are important, but it's, it's, it's an event, not a race. Well, yes. And I think the, 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 you know, in, in selecting the panel, I, I wanted to, uh, choose not just the, the personalities. I, I like, uh, I like what you all do. And, uh, but, each one of these facilities uh, is touches the soul of American racing. Uh, they have long histories and heritage, uh, and they're the original uh, spirit of motorsport uh, in this country. And uh, I think that you know, as a as we looked at uh, 2020 with such optimism, you know, uh, uh, I have to ask you: with what happened, what surprised you most? And it doesn't have to be a positive or a negative thing. What surprised you most? as the year unfolded. Well, I, you, Doug. I, for, for me, what I think really surprised me the most is that this became, I, I think maybe we didn't, we didn't believe that COVID was going to last the whole year. Uh, right. We knew it was a problem. We knew it was a right. challenge. We knew we had to deal with it. And in March, when things changed for all of us, and right. you know, I was in St. Petersburg to kick off the IndyCar season. And much like uh, Chip talked about, you know, the beginning of the NASCAR season was such a, a lift for all of us. It was going to be a great NASCAR season. It was going to be a great IMSA season. Same with IndyCar. I think we had, I think motorsports in America was going in absolutely the right direction. A lot of excitement around it. 
And then to have to step back, we paused for a little bit, talked to Roger. Roger spent a lot of time here at the Speedway, really helping us think through things. And we felt like, let's just take the 500 and move it to August. Because we really felt like by the time August was around, we wouldn't be dealing with COVID anymore. Uh, and, and then to obviously get to August and have mm. to have the Indy 500 without fans, I, I think that was the biggest surprise. I think we felt really good about the move to August that we'd get a, an opportunity to have it. And then the other thing, and, and Chip touched on this a little bit, the resiliency of our industry uh, to adapt almost every week as new information came out and things changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then our ticketing team to take 300,000 people and start thinking about how are we going to reseat them? How are we going to do it at, at a reduced capacity if we have to? Uh, and the, the different variations that we went through uh, literally beginning June 1st through the running or really through the announcement when we said we couldn't have fans at the 500, our, our ticketing team let, worked seven days a week. They, they didn't leave the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because oh. we kept changing. So the resiliency of our fans and our and the industry really are the things that, I don't know that it surprised me, but it made me feel awful proud at how how focused and committed uh, this industry and our fans are to having events. Yeah, and that, uh, that was not lost on many of us, by the way. Um, we had uh, a, a discussion what it must be like for you to have multiple scenarios that you were anticipating, all of you, uh, as this was unfolding, and, and having the the effectively the near term fate of your business in the hands of, of someone else, uh, you know, the government or uh, uh, local authorities. I, I uh, but uh, again, hats off to you and the entire team at IMS, Doug. Um, you did us proud. All of us that love uh, love motorsports, uh, and Connie, I, I know you and your your team of thousands at uh yeah. the IR. <laughs> I mean you know, we've got two hotels on site and all kinds of other amenities as a resort uh, surrounding the racetrack yeah. so I mean everything shut down overnight we went down to just 14 skeletal staff and now we're back up over 300 everybody's back thank goodness wow that's great news um, it's been great in renting um, the track as often as we do which is nearly daily at least one racetrack but I think um, in trying to pull our schedule together, we really learned so much about our customers and those that are volunteer organizations and how they were more resistant to coming back than the businesses. You know, the David Murray's and Chen Motorsports of the world were yeah. very easy to work with. Our um, OEM testing shot through the roof, race team testing. You know, everybody who was engaged in our business um, was out here in full force and now all the uh, big volunteer groups are back. and. The governor speaking this afternoon, so we'll see how much he lets us do. He cut us back from a thousand people on site to 250 per event last week, and we're still making that work. Yeah, and it's an evolving situation, obviously. Um, but uh, 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 you know, thank goodness you're, you and your team are there to manage it and to the betterment of, of motorsport. Uh, Chip, uh, you know, you're already on the pace lap for the start of the 2021 season. Um, what? Just fill us in. What is that like? You're you're literally in process preparing for an imminent launch of a season into an uncertain environment. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're 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 really good at scenario planning. I think Doug mentioned it. Uh, just the the amount of uh, you know amount of work that goes in the amount of work that goes into you know figuring out how we're going to do different capacities. And, you know, like Doug said, you know, we, between the two of us, our teams host some of the biggest sporting events in the world. And, um, and if we have 101,000 people, 300,000 people, 
or 30,000 people, uh, it still has to have that, that, that energy that comes with hosting uh, one of motorsports' biggest days. And I think that's um, you know, what we continue to push across our team is you know, we have no control over uh, what the pandemic's doing. But what we do have control over is how, we, how the event is presented, both live and on television, to, to convey what it is to, to sports. Um, and so we've been we've been working really hard at that. I think we've gotten really good at um, uh, at screening people, at uh, making sure we keep people socially distant. If I never have to say that word again at the end of the <laughs> pandemic, it'll be amen. Uh, it's just unbelievable to me that uh, the, the things that we've had to think through and work through this year um, that are so outside of what we're what we're comfortable doing. Uh, but we've gotten really good at it uh, as an industry and. And I think again, it just speaks to the commitment that everybody has to putting on putting on these events and pulling off these events. And um, yeah, so I mean, the uh, Rolex 24 will be here in gosh, like 60 something days, and and uh, the the Daytona 500 in like 75 days. So we're definitely right in the midst of what we're going to be doing, and hopefully, we'll have those plans announced in the coming days. Yes, and uh, you know, I just have I, I don't, on a personal level, thank you to you and your staff for. Uh, uh, you know, the incredible amount of work you're putting in now, uh, because you are the, you're the green flag for the season. I think uh, that one of the most important seasons in the history of racing. Uh, no question. And, and I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, there is, we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves uh, to make sure that when people show up here, both industry, uh, media and, and, and fans, that they have the experience they, they deserve. And it, it takes every one of us pulling the rope in the same direction to deliver that experience. Uh, uh, and so it's it's something we we take very seriously and um, you know listen 2021 especially the first quarter who knows what it's going to look like even if there's a vaccine that comes out today I just don't think it's going to be widely distributed enough that we're going to have you know a significant amount of change in what we're doing uh, through the holidays plus with the holidays upon us and all of the all of the travel amongst family um, you know there's there's most likely going to be a spike uh, in in cases which is 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 just unfortunate but it is what it is so we're all you know we're, we're hopeful that we can figure oh, yeah. out and, and have 101,000 people here for the daytona 500 and uh, but if we can't we're still going to pull off uh, an incredible event uh that, that shows well on television and certainly for the folks that are here the most important question of the day isn't anything we're talking about is doug just mentioned that he has the most laps around the indianapolis motor speedway but he didn't tell us how he finished when you ran the champ car race, so uh, I think we get need to go back to that. Doug. People down here watching want to know where where did you finish, pal? We were somewhere in the teens, so you know <laughs> it's sixty cars, and we were we ended up in the te- in the teens. So uh, that's, and, that's and, respectable. That's respectable. Well, the the big the bigger bummer was um, by the end of the second day, the eighteen uh, year old was faster than the fifty four year old. So that's, that's, that's <laughs> hey, hey bud, time. that's how <laughs> it works these days. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> Well, Doug, we've got Champ Card this coming weekend. You could come do some laps with us. You know, it's funny, Connie. I'd love to get down there and run with you guys. So, uh, um, especially right now, it'd be nice. Yeah, to we had a 24-hour uh, Champ Car race about a month and a half ago. Uh, it's it, that series is doing tremendous things, and and I think it actually helps motorsports in general because it's bringing car enthusiasts who maybe don't have enough money to race and uh, in, in, in the sports car ranks, but you know, can 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 buy can buy a car and put a cage in it and run it, and it gives them the opportunity to run in some of these iconic facilities. And yeah. uh, I have a buddy that uh, lives in South Carolina, just bought a brand new Miata that he's going to be running 
the full champ car season next year. It's gonna be, it's gonna oh, be wow. great. I have a 944. That's, well, that's fantastic. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, what you've all dealt with here, uh, it had to have taught you some lessons. Uh, and, you know, what's the, you know, I just think, what is the lesson that you've learned out of 2020? And I'll, I'll go back to you, Doug. What's, what's the dominant lesson? Well, I, I think the biggest thing for me that I think um, we've all learned is just the importance of that, that communication and uh, appreciation for our fan. Right. Our fans are so passionate about our sport and about our events. You know, 70% of the Indy 500 attendee doesn't watch another race the rest of you, right? It's just all about that event. And so for me, it's really been about how we can't forget that this sport is driven by the is driven by those fans. We get caught up in our TV numbers. You know, there's a lot of money uh, associated with the TV contracts and and the way that we sort of retail politics our sport. But at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to um, the way that we that that we deal with that customer that walks through our gates, that customer that takes an entire day or more. You know, from the time they leave their house or wherever they are and they fly to Indianapolis and they park and they walk and they sit in seats for a long time. And so for us, I, I think we've just learned how important those fans are and continuing to communicate with them and let them know what's going on. You know, one of the things I started doing leading into the 2016 Indy 500, which was our 100th running, is I wanted to make sure fans knew that we cared about them. And so I called 10 customers every night on my way home just to say thank you. And that's the importance. And I think Indy, um, motorsport, IndyCar, NASCAR, sports cars, racetracks, we do that better than any other sport. We give them opportunities when they're here that you don't get at a stick and ball sport, the, the ability to have a pit pass and to uh, talk to the superstars who are getting ready to participate on game day, you know, moments before the event. Uh, we do such a better job at communicating and drawing our fans into our sport and so for me, I think the, the biggest takeaway was how important it is just to continue to the priority needs to be those people that buy tickets. And, they, and we need to continue to make sure that, the, that, that we communicate with them and that they know that our sport doesn't happen without them. Even when NASCAR got started and they couldn't host fans, it was those fans that at home turned in, tuned in and watched on TV and they couldn't wait to have the sport back. And they tweeted about it. They posted about it. And they just yeah. they helped build that momentum. It really is all about our fans. We can't we can't forget because it's easy to forget, and we can't forget how important they are. That that's Doug, absolutely hey, Doug, that's correct. That's a great point. That's a great point, Doug. And I would say uh, communication is is critical. Like, they just want to know what's going on. They want to know when they can get back to the racetrack. Yep. They want to know, you know, how they can participate. Um, and I think uh, you do it better than anyone. And I've taken a page out of your book, calling customers as well. I I talk to ten customers every day. Uh, same thing, just, you know, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Be empathetic to the, their situation. And it's not about coming to the racetrack. Everybody's dealing with the pandemic the same way, right? You're isolated. Yep. You're having to deal with the, the challenges that you never thought you'd deal with. I mean, I, I, I was at home uh, with three kids under 10 and a wife who all, by the end, don't even like me. Uh, so, <laughs> so, I relate to that. I, I relate to that. Yep. I was so happy to be home alone. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, I think that's it's important that we show empathy to our race fans. And, yeah. and it's not about creating a sale. It's about showing them that we appreciate them as a person and look forward to providing them some sort of um, so, some sort of opportunity to get out of what they're living right now. And when we saw fans at the racetrack, 
you know, we, I stand at the gate and welcome them just like you and Roger do. And I think it, our leadership did. Jim France was welcoming fans back to the racetrack. Lisa was, uh, Steve Phelps was, and, and they, half of them didn't even know who we were, which is even better. But the thing they kept saying, we'd, hey, thank you for being here. And they would say, no, thank you. Thank you for figuring this out for us. Um, and I think that is how, like, w what we've seen more than anything this year is the appreciation that people have knowing that we had to go to great lengths to get to where we needed to get to, to host them um, and do it safely. So uh, I think it goes both ways, but certainly it's been a year of learning those kind of things. And here in our... Yeah, go on, honey. And here in Virginia, we haven't been allowed to have any fans. So our fans are our participants, and mm -hmm. we're spending a lot of time thanking them for being here and vice versa. They're just so happy to be back. Yeah, that's that's got to be so frustrating for you, knowing your personality, Connie. I know you love your fans. <laughs> I know you love your uh, the people that love BIR. Uh, I love to make howdies. That's what yeah. I do. Uh, and uh, by the way, Doug, uh, you, your PR team is out there uh, in the racing side of your life. Uh, eighth in class, 16th overall. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh, that's great. So, well done. Uh, well done. Um, you know, it, uh, uh, this is a really interesting subject, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, I, I, I will say just from our point of view as a, as a company, the first two jobs or employment opportunities I had in motorsport, I worked uh, as a parking lot attendant at a long gone racetrack called Ontario Motor Speedway. Um, and, uh, and then I then worked in a souvenir stand at Riverside. Uh, my boss uh, ultimately was, was Les Richter, who was very nice to me and, and encouraged me to go forward in this business. And I got to see firsthand uh, really the operation of a racetrack uh, at, at some level. I got to appreciate it early in my life. And uh, racetrack is the soul of the sport. Uh, it's where we worship the, uh, the, the, the spirit of the sport. And when I look at this year, um, you know, I, I think about it, where's the opportunity in this? Uh, the world of mobility and sports marketing is changing. Um, and I think we're all trying to anticipate that, but there was an interesting phenomenon this year that we can't ignore. Most major league sports crashed in terms of their audience when they went back to being live. I saw really sustained audience numbers for racing relative to the prior year in most instances. We saw a massive, but just you know, unbelievable surge in traffic on racer.com, uh, you know, staggering year over year growth. Now, maybe that's because people weren't at the racetrack and they were connecting to us, but it was every day of the week. And, you know, we, we started off with a record Rolex 24, astonishingly strong growth on the uh, Daytona 500 before uh, Ryan Newman's accident. Uh, then we get to uh, uh, the esports era and the, 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 engagement in the esports content was stunning. And at that moment, we saw a media trend to younger audience composition in our Google Analytics numbers, 170 plus growth in 18 to 24 year old, over 300% growth in female audience. So something's happening inside of motorsport that gives me a lot of reason to be optimistic. So as we go forward, I have to ask everybody on this panel, where is the opportunity in this moment for you? What do you see that you didn't see before? What can you do now? We've got momentum. Well, other sports may not have that momentum. What do we do? And I'll go start with you, Doug. Well, I think you're right. It's been interesting when um, we weren't exactly sure how fans were going to 
connect to the sport as we got back, you know, NASCAR um, coming back first. We all couldn't wait to see how, how the audience was. And I think what we've learned and you touched on a little bit is uh, it's not just about the experience at the venue and it's not just about the experience on television, but it's how do we stay connected through all the other platforms we've had that we've known were important, uh, but maybe weren't as elevated to that point as they are now. So whether it's going to places like racer.com to get information or whether it's our own websites or our social channels, just communicating uh, on a more regular basis with our customer uh, connecting that way. One of the other things for us, um, you know, we're a massive facility, obviously. It's a, yeah. essentially a mile long by a half a mile wide and technology uh, is difficult at our place just because it's hard to get connectivity and, and pull it all together. Uh, but when we were able to host fans in the fall for our um, eight hour challenge event and the two IndyCar races that we had here, we started really ramping up our mobility you know, our, our mobile ticketing, uh, our mobile seating, our, our opportunity to help move customers around the venue through communication on their, on their mobile devices that, that we had slowly worked towards, but never had had a reason that said, look, we're trying to make this as simple as possible. So we're going to just cold Turkey. We're going to, we're going to try that. Now for those Indy 500 fans who are freaking out going, Oh my gosh, the most important thing I get every year is my blue envelope with my Indy 500 ticket that, that I don't see changing. At least, at least for that event. But I think the, the opportunities for us uh, to try new ways to connect to consumers here at the racetrack, and it was really driven out of the idea that we're trying to keep them safe. We're trying to think, take, make things more touchless, make a concession line uh, quicker so your food's there when you get there versus having to stand in line and order it. I think those are the opportunities uh, that we have in front of us now that we knew were there, but maybe now have moved their way up on the pecking order and the importance to get done uh, leading into next year and the years after. That makes total sense, Doug. And, and I, I think also, uh, um, you know, I, I, I have to say that uh, I was, I, I approached August with some trepidation because I was thinking there's just no way we were going to be May 2019. You had Fernando Alonso not qualifying, mm -hmm. you had all the drama of the race itself. And, and uh, it was up massively over August of Indy 500, outperformed the Indy 500 in 2019 on our website with big, big numbers. And the month was enormous. I mean, it was a record month, over 800,000 unique visitors for the first time. And uh, what I got a sense of is that something happened where our fans have chosen to be connected, not just through us, but through other platforms, everything. You've got a good partner in NBC Sports now. It's fantastic. But all of you have very good websites. You have good communications. Uh, Connie, what is the thing you've done? Because you can't been able to have your spectators on site. What are you doing to keep connected to them? Well, and one of the interesting here? things um, this year is our BIR Drivers Club grew by almost 30% wow. this year. And <laughs> wow. I mean, people that were on the fence in any regard as regarding motorsport and participant-driven activities just jump right in and they've spent more days here than ever before. And what the families say, because a lot of them bring their children and whatnot, it's a family activity is look, well, look at the background. I mean, it, the place is 1300 acres. It's huge. It's green. You can yeah, easily yeah. do that nasty thing called social distancing with your helmet and gloves on. I mean, it's just a great sport to, uh, you know, manage in this time because you can do all the things within the rules and have a wonderful time and a wonderful environment with great people. And you know, what's interesting, you just touched on something, Connie, that I've been thinking about. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, and I, you know, what, what am I, closest and long-term friendships in the sport is John Doonan. Uh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about the fact that there is this interesting opportunity 
to, especially on, on road racing, to play the social distancing card here. We, mm -hmm. You can social distance and compartmentalize with your family, bring a motorhome, bring a tent, but basically camp on site, enjoy it. You know, you have that opportunity as well, Chip, at Daytona with uh, the Rolex. And, and I, I think that there are things we can do, you know, government permission, uh, you know, being uh, the preeminent concern here, but that where we can become uh, an active, vibrant sport before other things can because of the nature of permanent road courses allow that. And, and uh, you know, you've got one of the most beautiful permanent road courses on the planet. Uh, yeah, do, do you have a plan there? Yeah, we do. I mean, we, you know, it'll be very similar to what we did during uh, the 4th of July race. You know, we yeah. allow campers uh, that have self-contained units to be inside the infield and set up. Uh, we're trying to get creative. I think to Doug's point you know, earlier, we're really trying to focus on um, using areas differently. So, you know, we haven't, uh, because of all of the guidelines, we haven't had uh, tent camping, which is a big part mm -hmm. of the experience. But we have these big open fields. How can we use those differently to welcome more race fans back, but do it safely? I think that's really important. You know, to Doug's point earlier, you know, what the pandemic's done for us from a marketing perspective is it's made us try new things. Uh, yeah. You know, things that we've talked about for a really long time and everybody's really reluctant to, to, to do because it might upset a race fan or it might, it, it might disrupt the sales flow. We've been able to, to prove that that's not the case. You know, e-tickets, that's a big, big point of contention for all of us as, as track operators. Um, you know, it's the, it's the wave of the future, but we have uh, a fan base that's very used to getting, to Doug's point, blue envelopes and tickets <laughs> in it. And that's how they do it every year. And if you try to do something different, it's going to throw them off. Then we worry they aren't going to buy tickets again. And then we got to go find takes twice as long to get new customers. I mean, it, it, and they're all laughing because it's exactly what we like debate every day. But the pandemic's made us do it. And it's proven that, the, that we're wrong. They're right. Like, we're, we have been wrong for a long time. And, uh, yeah. and, and so having, you know, tickets that you can use your phone for uh, is actually better for them. Um, and I think what it's also done is made us look at all of our technology and, and we're having, I'm sure Roger's really happy about it. And I, I know Jim and Lisa are, we're having to upgrade technology um, and spend <laughs> real dollars against it, but, but there's no going back. And, you know, yep. are we still going to do commemorative tickets for the Daytona 500 and for the Indy 500? Absolutely. That's an important part of the tradition, but we're going to give people options that we wouldn't have given, given them prior to the pandemic. Same with, you know, cashless uh, concession items. Uh, being able to use push notifications to get information to fans, uh, all, all things that we've we've slowly started to roll out, but now we just push fast forward on it because we haven't had any choice. Um, and I, I think to your point about um, you know how we've how we've managed uh, to continue to engage with our fan, you know, kudos to uh, to our digital team figuring out how esports can be on Fox on Sunday afternoon and get people Amazing. to tune in and watch. I mean, that, that was the first game changer because I think it opened up other influencers' eyes uh, to, to what our sport's all about. Uh, we hosted uh, a number of NFL players over the pandemic uh, safely, <laughs> of course, uh, at our events. We'd never been to a NASCAR race. We didn't know anything about motorsports. Mm -hmm. um, and I think then they started talking about, uh, then they started talking about motorsports to, the, to their influencing group. So it, it really has been a snowball effect this year um, but I did, I believe, I'll start with uh, with with the uh, pro pro invitational, the esports pro invitational is on Fox. I mean, my kids, yeah. 
my kids are my twin boys are 10 years old they've been around racing their whole life um they thought that was a real race and i had to explain it was a real race (laughs) their mind was blown it was awesome it was like the first time i could prove them wrong you know it was and I, i had to remind myself that these are digital cars it's Oh my God, he wrecked it. Oh no, it's, it's not too bad. Uh, but I, I, I have to say that it was phenomenal to watch the kind of commentary that our, you know, we have a lot of people on our message boards and we have a lot of share activity. You know, the, the average amount of shares on a monthly basis from racer.com vary between 350 and I think the high was in August, 462,000 shares off of racer.com and what are they talking about well during the pandemic they were talking about esports and they're they're basically i was saying uh the the audience is the media in new media if you can energize your audience uh you've got something and something happened here our growth is directly driven by the energy energization of the audience you saw something like like a, a rocket taking off once they had something to be excited about amid the gloom of the pandemic pandemic and yeah it's amazing well and it's interesting that 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 came together in two weeks wow we 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 pride ourselves on really being thorough and 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 you know coming up with a really thorough plan they literally figured that out in two weeks Um, that is so impressive you gotta go with your gut you gotta go with your gut and know that it's the right thing to do um, and, 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 you know, we've been using that platform, um, that iRacing platform for a long time in motorsports and everybody, everybody knows that when I worked on the race team side, uh, we actually required all of our rookies to get in the simulator at least, uh, two, two or three days prior to any track they haven't gone to and understand where the breaking points are and yeah. get a, get a feel for it. So it's a, it's a really great tool for the racing industry, but it also provides an opportunity for folks who don't have a ton of money to come in. And, and, and get a feel of what it's like to be in a real race car and understand that it's not just about what you think it is. There's so much that goes into to driving one of these vehicles. Yeah, and I want to add to that, too, because, I, you know, we, we uh, consulted on the branding of iRacing back in the mid-2000s. Uh, Dave Kamer's team has just done an amazing job. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, this could change everything. This is so real. Uh, this connects people to the experience of racing, the relatability that was missing many times when you're watching from outside the cockpit. Um, and it took longer than I thought. You know, NASCAR embraced this very early on. I, I have to commend NASCAR for that. That was really impressive to me. But what you have is the ability for racing to be on 24-7, 365 uh, everywhere in the world with something like that. It's a permanent attractor. And to see cars racing at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway or at VIR, uh, and, you know, uh, is and VIR was actually the sample track yeah. in the prototype that when we went, and I, I found myself, we, they set up a simulator in my office and I was there one time at 11 o'clock at night and realizing, holy, I, I just was here for four hours and it went by and I, <laughs> and I think we have so many tools maybe we didn't fully appreciate. Um, and, you know, as we go into this year, uh, you know, I, I have to say to everyone, I know you've learned that the audience is there every day of the week, mm-hmm. every day of the year. Uh, what do you have a plan to stay connected to this audience going forward? Well, I think uh, from our part, uh, from the IndyCar part and from the Speedways part, we learned an awful lot from those couple of weeks on the front end that NASCAR um, you know, started out with the e-racing and then obviously 
uh, IndyCar came on and, and, and did their events. And again, it's like all the other technology that we've worked on. We've known it was important. We've known there was a way to connect. It just hasn't been the priority. And then when you don't have any other way to really connect and show your sport off, it forces you to, as Chip said, in a couple of weeks, figure out how you're going to do this, put it together, convince an entire field of drivers, many of whom um, were familiar with iRacing, some of whom weren't, uh, to go ahead and, and try and put themselves on the line and let an audience watch. So it's been, it's been really interesting. And as we have younger drivers coming up across the board, whether it's in our uh, IndyCar series or NASCAR or IMSA, those young drivers, it's part of their DNA, right? They've been, they've been sim racing for as long as they've been able to walk, some of them. So it's a great way to connect to a younger audience. And uh, to your point on four hours, we've got uh, an iRacing simulator in the basement. And I can't tell you how many evenings I end up down there and I hear my wife yelling, are you coming to bed yet? And all of a sudden, you know, two or three hours have passed. And I've been trying to run the chili bowl in a midget or, uh -huh. or run the new, you know, the Delara car with the aero screen and try and figure out how to see through the middle of it running down the speedway. Um, and it, it, there is so much fun and the connectivity that you have through that to be able to communicate with people from around the world who are running yeah. with you at the same time. And you can see the excitement if you follow on socially when people get excited because they're running and oh my gosh, Tony Kanaan is in my race or somebody. Yeah. So, so our, our superstars in NASCAR and IMSA and, and IndyCar um, are running with regular guys and girls who just love racing and connecting in a way that football doesn't happen. Baseball doesn't happen. They are getting to race in a race car against somebody who's won the Daytona 500, the Indy 500. It's an amazing platform. And our drivers across the board have embraced that. And it's not just for these made for TV events we put together. It's real life drivers spending hours on it, running against fans, creating fans and giving fans an opportunity to, uh, to see what it's, see what it's really like to run a race car. So I think, um, I think it's going to be part of what you see in all of our sports in the off season and through the season that we're using these uh, e-platform race opportunities, especially the iRacing platform uh, going forward. I agree. And I think the thing that's so interesting to me is it sustains the momentum. You know, we can look at the metrics when we look at uh, our digital platform, you know, and, and I'm, 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 I will just say racer actually grew in circulation during the, the, the subscriber base grew by 4% without us really doing anything. People just wanted something to read, I guess. But the, the, the thing I found interesting is just the desire to be connected to the sport in, in between races, in between seasons is real. It's there. And we had a sort of an idea of the theaters closed. We're shutting the lights off please leave, take your trash with you sort of mentality about, uh, about motorsports at one point. And you don't have that luxury chip because you have to be spooled up and ready to go at the, in January. But, you know, in Connie, you have a park basically that happens to have a racetrack in it. Yeah. Uh, uh, but when, when we're sitting here, um, and I'm going to deviate from the question set I sent to you earlier, um, you know, what's the number one thing on your to-do list for 2021 that you, you know, that what, what do you tell your staff we're going to do differently or we're going to do now? And Connie, can you go first, please? Yeah, I mean, we're going to go with our resort much further in uh, 2021. I have a new partner who's investing you know, heavily with us. So we're planning another building yeah. of villas and we're revamping our food and beverage operation. You know, all the things that support what's going on on the racetrack is going to be front and center for us next year. That's great. That Again, the thought of diversifying uh, and, and having a broader base of revenue is great. Uh, Chip, uh, you know, I, 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 the, the lights are out on the pace car. <laughs> your, your 2021 is almost ready to go. Tell us about what your 
priority is. I mean, our, our priority certainly is welcoming as many race fans back to the to facility as possible, but we've got to do it safely. And, you know, we got to continue to, to push. You know, we're, we're not just – we're known for a number of events, but the track is busy 300 days a year. Um, you know, we just, just like uh, Connie and Doug, we, we, we have customers on the racetrack all the time. So, um, in fact, we're doing a professional triathlon this weekend, which uh, – Really? crazy human beings are going to get in the lake at 65 degrees. <laughs> I will not be one of them, but I will uh, not be one of them. Yeah. So, you know, but I think our priority for next year is getting back to some sense of normalcy, uh, mm -hmm. and really, and really getting the business back, uh, on stable ground, uh, not financially, just understanding what the new normal is going to be and then starting, starting to plan and live in that new normal. And, you know, I, I again, I'm hopeful that with all, all the news coming out on vaccines and, and 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 the group that we have uh, at place at the racetrack, we're gonna we're gonna thrive again in 2021. And if that environment isn't exactly what we want, we'll be able to be nimble enough to move around. You know, you, you think about what the Speedway and the team here has been able to do in 2020. We've hosted two events that we didn't even know we were gonna have. In fact, one of the two events, the road course race two weeks before the Coke Series Sugar 400, we found out three weeks before we were even gonna do it. Wow. So uh, figuring out how to get the facility ready get it on sale and execute the event in three weeks pretty remarkable but you know that just speaks to the talent of the the group that i get to work side by side with every day they're tremendous professionals and uh we'll, we'll continue to thrive yes and you know you bring to mind that you know racers are ready you know and and that, that's what's been i've just been impressed by the ability to pivot and adapt that your team has had chip and uh, congratulations to everybody on the team for navigating this uh, gauntlet of uh, challenges here. Okay. Uh, and I, I want to go to you, Doug. You know, you uh, you host the largest single-day sporting event in the world in the world's largest stadium. <laughs> uh, you were also see you ended up finding that your facility was the safety net for the IndyCar series and being able to execute the season. Um, I see changes to your schedule, uh, some events that aren't happening in the coming year. We had Roger tell us about the new philosophy or the old philosophy returning to the Speedway about it's a very exclusive place. Uh, what, in the context of that, what are your, you know, what is your priority, number one priority going into 2021? Well, I think our number one priority is, and Roger really set this tone from the November announcement in 2019 to the moment that the acquisition actually was finalized in January, which is it's, really about the customer experience. And he spent hours upon hours and days upon days walking around the facility. A lot of them in the January, February, and March months when it was still cold and snowy here, helping us figure out how can I invest in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway to make the experience better for fans. It's not about how can I invest and get a return immediately on my investment. It's how can I invest so that when fans walk in the Speedway, they know that the most important thing to Roger Penske, to Penske Entertainment, to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway are the fans. So we did a lot of investment. In fact, we used that opportunity when we couldn't have fans and couldn't have events to really invest in the fan experience. So a little disappointed that August didn't happen because we didn't yeah. get to host those fans. But not unlike Chip, we didn't get approval to host fans for our fall two races and the, and the eight-hour challenge until two weeks before. So within that two-week window to go on sale tickets, you know, to get 15,000 people to show up uh, for an event that we had essentially 10 days to sell until the gates opened says an awful lot about our staff and, and really where we are, uh, you, you know, and so the philosophy really is how can we host uh, big events at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that are um, good for our brand, fit with our brand, 
and good for good for the sport in general. You know, one of the biggest things I think that happened out of this past year um, that I look I can't wait for for next year was the sort of forced marriage of NASCAR and IndyCar, same weekend, same venue. When you put IndyCar on the road course with Xfinity on the road course on a Saturday, and then Cup on the oval on Sunday, I couldn't wait to host fans for that because. Uh, I think our fans are going to love that. It's great for our sport. Oftentimes, folks think NASCAR and IndyCar are these are these competing uh, entities. Same with you know, can Daytona and and at 500 and the Indy 500 um, get along? And it's amazing how cooperative this entire industry is. If NASCAR does well, it probably means that IndyCar and IMSA are going to do well, and vice mm-hmm. versa. So we all are really supportive for each other. So so the ability for us to put an IndyCar race on that weekend. First of all, thanks to NASCAR for allowing that to happen. It it is their weekend. And then to be able to have those two races at the end of the year here at the Speedway to make sure that we got enough races in to have an, uh, a, a championship really says a lot about the IndyCar folks, about uh, Roger and his desire just to, to um, succeed. And everything is an opportunity to Roger. I mean, he, I've not seen him have a down day. His attitude is unbelievable. It's, it's been a pleasure to get to know him more and, and to work alongside him. And I think that says an awful lot for our sport. Keep reminding people, that Roger Pinsky is, is a smart man. He's, he's made his money and been successful because he's made smart defi- decisions. And for him to invest in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the IndyCar series is good for our entire sport because here's a guy who's saying, motorsports is a place to invest your money. So I think all of us, whether it's IMSA, IndyCar, NASCAR, can use that as an example as we're out trying to get others to invest. And you see it at Racer. I mean, it's, it's a great platform to help our brands and um, but our, our biggest focus really going into next year is just continue to make that customer experience better. Well, I, I see the effort being, you know, and I, I've got a chance to, to see some of the preview videos of what has been done to the Speedway. It's stunning. And uh, it's uh, very Penske-esque. So thank you, everyone, for an amazing panel. I really enjoyed spending time with all of you this morning. And Connie, I'm going to see you in January. And Jeff, I'm going to see you in January. And Doug, I bet I'm going to see you in January. You know, so. there's no better way to kick the season off than at Daytona. And it is it is an amazing event for those folks who have never done a 24-hour race at Daytona. Um, other than the Indy 500, the Daytona 500, it's the one you need to go see. Absolutely. Doug, I got to go to your 100th running, and there were so many people, you couldn't even see the ground. It was amazing. <laughs> well, thank well, it's, it's you, everyone. That uh, made my day. So I really appreciate you taking time to join great, us. Great sessions. Great sessions. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.